previously on No Man's Land. Can you tell us what happened under the bridge? Under the bridge? Yeah. Like, you mean with Leo? Leo and Dawn and Nancy, they all had their throats cut with some, some kind of sharp object. I just don't want the outcome of all this to somehow renew interest where anybody else gets hurt. That's all. It's your responsibility now. Wow, that's crazy. I didn't want to say. you come through here? Yeah, 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 right there. All right, so get this. This guy, John, older guy, he went to Rutgers in the 80s. Right. He's been teaching there since. Yeah, I, uh -huh. uh, I asked him if he's been coming to these woods often. He's like, yeah, since the 80s. Mm -hmm. He was very open, happy to talk on camera, just out here walking his dog. Then I brought up No Man's Land, and he started clamming up. What do you mean? He just refused to say like something? Like he was becoming or... more passive. The demeanor clearly changed. Did uh, he tell you anything, though? Like I brought up Marywald Castle, the murders. He knew about it. Yeah. yeah. I brought up the flop heads. He knew about it. And then he asked me to turn off the camera. He wasn't comfortable talking about any of that shit. That's, that's weird. And then when he was Wait, leaving. What, what did he look like? Can we try and get, like, find him again or something? No, he, 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 he won't want to talk again. He won't talk again? And um, what he said when he was leaving was, uh, there's some stories you just shouldn't look into. Oh my god. Did he actually say this? Yeah. Jeez. Live from Highland Park High School in Highland Park, New Jersey, this is No Man's Land, an original podcast from WVHP Media. Episode 4, Field Trip. Hi, I'm Mark Amreka. And I'm Will Schwartz. And you are listening to No Man's Land, an in-depth investigation into a mysterious section of woods in central New Jersey of the same name. So we're going to try something a little bit different this episode. After listening to the story of the Flopheads and especially Dave Rock's story in episode 3, we decided that we needed to take a field trip under the Route 1 bridge in Edison, New Jersey, where these awful killings took place. But one road trip led to another road trip, where we made some unexpected discoveries that are bringing the past, present, and future of No Man's Land into greater focus. But before we get too ahead of ourselves, we want to bring back documentarian John Hume, who took three of our field reporters to the scene of one of Central Jersey's most horrendous crimes. Good to be back with you guys. Um, I, I felt like it was important to go down there with Jamira, Sandra, and Alicia, the, um, the three uh, reporters who helped me interview Miva Mediliano and Jeff Maschi, who appeared in episodes two and three. What I heard is that Leo, in his possessed state, um, spray-painted stuff under the bridge, uh, like symbols that didn't make any sense, and that it's still there. But I've only actually stopped and looked once. It's the only thing I can compare it to, if you remember when, like, when Prince changed his name, and he said, I'm going to be a symbol, it, it was sort of like that. It was sort of like these odd symbols that I couldn't even... But they were not there before. I'm sure they weren't there before. But that's what I saw, and I just didn't want to go back there again. I had gone down as a high school kid, and I was always struck then about how much graffiti was down there and how much that graffiti was layered on top of itself. There is the feeling of, you know, people have been down under there for years and years and years and years and years. And 
we were looking for specific things. We were looking for the space where the killings took place, and we were looking for any sign of graffiti that looked abnormal and that were repeated and looked old. I think it's highly unlikely that any of the graffiti that Leo put under there is still there. If it was, it'd be under layers and layers and layers of paint. But my thinking was, that I know kids go down there because of this is like uh, seen as a haunted location. And so I thought maybe it was possible over the years that kids would repeat the imagery. Like if somebody went down there and said, holy cow, that's, that's what Leo painted before all the murders took place. Maybe there would be the possibility that like that image would be passed down and repeated and might've survived. There's a path over here. Nobody brought a Ouija board, right? Heck no. Okay, because I'm not going in there with you if you did. So we are walking underneath the giant Route 1 bridge that goes over to Raritan River from Highland Park to New Brunswick. There are these big domed arches that are just ginormous. As you can hear, there's just cars going endlessly above, kind of rattling the whole thing. No one would ever hear you scream if you were down here. Do you think they screamed and they yelled while they were cutting themselves? I don't think so. I don't think so. They were laughing, he said. He, was, he said they were laughing while they were cutting themselves. How can you laugh while you cut yourself? You're supposed to, like, start I don't think you're, you're, I think they were dead within no, a minute or two. Damn. There's really elaborate graffiti, some of it, like, depicting cartoon characters. There's some neo-Nazi stuff. Kill hipsters. This one says the devil is real, 666. And I'm here with three high school kids, girls. So hopefully we will not run into anybody who's decided to try to live out here. Be careful, please. There's like spray cans everywhere. I feel like they burn stuff here, though. Don't get close over there. Because there's a fire pit right there. So I believe on this wall here that this is where all the blood was. This is where all the, the weird graffiti was. Look for any kind of symbol that doesn't look like it. You recognize it, OK? Especially if it's old. Really, I'm not going back there. Because think about it, look. This is where they weren't, look. So have you ever been in a place where people like died like this before? I don't think so. People no. your age died? No, no, no. So what's it like to be in that place? It's scary. It's really weird. I don't like being here. It's like a weird vibe. There is a weird vibe. It's scary. Is that like imagining it now? Yeah. It's like it's scary now. Especially being up here when it's dark. Wait, look at this one. Look at this one. What does that say? The red one. Up there, yeah. There was like the same symbol on every single wall. It was crazy. It was like a circle. It was a circle with like, like a plus inside or like a T or like, I don't know, like something like that. It was in red too, like red. Like all just, of them were red, yeah. Yeah, it was just it was a red scary color. Yeah. And there was like letters before that. So it'd be like, like a letter and then that symbol and then like a letter after that. Over here? Show, come show me. Up there, right? Yeah, that's what I was asking. That's really I weird. saw this thing up. I'm gonna go get pictures of this and see if we can't translate that. That is weird. 
Some of them seemed old, some of them seemed new. Jamira brought out like a, a handbook of like demonology, and I was not thrilled Your to be reading that. demon fields guide. You know, she just Googled it, and one of the images appeared to be in the vocabulary. Let's put it that way. That looks a little bit like that, right? Yeah. Let me see. Oh, wait. I don't know if it's a good idea to be looking at demon writing. Oh, over here, because that's what's right there. Yo. So, I'm not saying it. You can okay, say I'm it. not saying anything. Me neither. Don't say it. Thinking about it. All right, don't even think about it, okay? Put it out of your head. Don't be whispering that. Don't ask anybody else to say it either. What's your takeaway from that place? I feel, like, yeah, I feel like people were watching us. Yeah. When you, when you say somebody was watching you, who would you be referring to? One of them. Like, one, one of them, them. Yeah. So you talking about you felt the presence of like Leo and Nancy and yeah, Dawn? Like, I when I was the first one to go up there, I felt weird. I felt like someone was watching me. That's why I was like looking around. Here. Maybe we'll maybe we'll bring the medium back out here and see if oh, she yeah, finds. Yeah. Yeah, because I saw it like three times over there. Yeah, I, like, oh, I saw it. It's all yeah, over the place. Like, all we, like, like, write it down. When we translate it, nobody says it out loud, okay? I got you. I, I, I almost said it out loud. Oh. That's part. That's the rule. You all, you all get a bad grade if anybody says it out loud. You ever seen that before? No. That looks like, I don't know the name of it, but the symbol that the Zodiac Killer used. <laughs> that was like one of the symbols closely associated with the, associated with the Zodiac Killer. I don't know the name of it. Hold on. Yeah, but you're right, Mark. Let me see. Yeah. Oh yeah. I know my serial killers. I sent that picture and some of the sort of more older versions of it down to somebody who was recommended to me down at University of Texas, San Marcos who is like an ancient languages specialist. You think this symbol might have its roots in like Slavic or Eastern European area? To me, if I were to have to pin it to one area, that is what I would say. In any particular area of that region come to mind when you see this? Like, you know, something more specific? I would feel comfortable couching it in Eastern Anatolia and of the time, uh, maybe, maybe Bulgaria, maybe. The whole Slavic region had, had, had such upshift, it's difficult to differentiate sometimes, but I would very much love to see in person because it, it I don't know if it, it is a later piece or, or a together piece. Well, it's the interesting thing was we found this on, on multiple areas of the, under the bridge and um, it, they seem to be of different times, so our thought process was maybe this is the kind of thing that's been imitated over the years by, like, you know, people coming to this spot because, oh, of, yes. because of the terrible thing that happened here. Oh, yes. Oh, uh, that is how we find sacrificial sites by uh, blood testing, um, because it's also a legacy of blood that we need as humans. And uh, unfortunately, some of the bad blood, so to speak, that we leave behind um, tends to leave, shall we say, echoes. But uh, we'll, 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 we'll work on this mystery and we'll, we'll find uh, some more pieces of this puzzle. See if we can solve, solve this for you. Awesome. It could just be nothing, could be a graffiti handle. It struck us all as a little weird looking. What's that, sir? Um, it's this amulet that I have. 
I'm gonna sound. I'm gonna sound like a Mark is a crazy demon person. worshiper. But um, that is a fact. You have an amulet. It's a talisman. The symbol is from this book called The Key of Solomon, and it was written by King Solomon. He wrote this book with information on how to summon demons, ghosts, fairies, and whatnot. A lot of the symbols have Aramaic on it. The language is kind of like the predecessor to Hebrew, and that some of those symbols just look similar to what I have on the, on the necklace. Like right there, the K with the line and circles. Can we get a, uh, we'll take a close a picture of that so I can look over it? Yeah. But uh, not only did we drive up there, but we checked in with Neva Madaliano um, and found out that she had actually reunited with Dave Rock in the, in the time between episodes. She had driven out to California and hung out with him. You know, when you're really good friends with people and you're my age, it's like no time has passed. So it was really just actually a very positive, good experience. And we both have families now and children. And, you know, I loved meeting his family. And uh, we stayed up all night talking. And um, it was very quick. I left the next day. You know, the podcast was a trigger to reconnect us. For that's the best way I can explain it. Uh, there was really no other choice. I think that was a really cool thing to find out that despite the fact that this conversation has been like painful to some people, that on the other side of that, a lot of them have reconnected around it. And then Neva unexpectedly described to us the location where the flopheads had their incident with the Ouija board. Do you remember where the, like what the place was like where you used to hang out so that we could at least, you know, go back there and see if there's any evidence of like... I remember. I remember. There was like a hill and like a gully or a little like valley. And that was important to us because because that's where we would have lookouts. There's not a lot of hills back there in my re recollection, so that should be relatively easy to find. We had a really cool couch. I, I don't know if I would sit on it today, but like, <laughs> it was like a really cool vintage couch. I think it was green. Um, I'm sure it's not there anymore. Um, you know, if you go out there and you find it, I had bought something out there from my house. I used it to burn candles in, and I, I, did, I left it there because uh, I was that night. I got, you know, I left. I wasn't having any more to do with what was going on there. My mom, it had, like, sentimental and significant because she had gone on a trip to uh, Mexico. I think she might have got it at a little market or something like that. Um, it was yellow so if you go there i left this yellow ceramic bowl there no and you never went back out there after the ouija board incident right i did not um okay no i did not And so that was the thing that kind of motivated our first real trip as, as part of this project to the woods of No Man's Land. We've been to the castle. You hinted at the woods on the castle trip. You kind of dabbed your toes in there. What was it like to go out there, uh, you know, on a Sunday morning, on a beautiful day, and just kind of not only go looking for where the flopheads used to hang out, but like, you know, digging around out there looking for people to see what people knew about um, the history and the legends of No Man's Land. Well, overall, No Man's Land is actually, like, a pretty nice place. There were lots of people out with their families walking their dogs. It's probably somewhere I'd take a walk with my girlfriend. Um, 
it's just overall a nice piece of woods, to be honest. But then, like, the vibe. So for this trip, Mark and I were joined by two rookie field reporters, Max and Miles, both of whom were making their first ever trip out to the woods of no man's land. The goal here is to find, find any hikers, joggers, anybody who's out there. Ask them a few questions and don't want to kind of like overwhelm them. Yeah. If somebody, if somebody knows the, the story, they're going to know it right away and be psyched to talk about it. If they're not, they're just going to be like, I don't know what you're talking about. Yeah. That's entirely possible. Like, if you didn't grow up in this area from my generation, chances are you didn't even know those woods are called No Man's Land. Yeah. If you did, or if you went to Rutgers around, you know, in the 80s, you probably know. I had no idea what was called No Man's Land. Right. So this is No Man's Land. This is the beginning of it. And it goes all the way over to Piscataway. Let's stay to the central path, because that's where Neva said the hill would end up being. We have to imagine that they came out here in the dark and it was easy to find, you know what I mean? But I think it's pretty deep in. Okay. Oh, here's, here's somebody, here's somebody. Hey guys, Miles, you want, to go, you, want me, you want me to come with you on the first yeah. one? Yeah. Hey guys, we're gonna grab these, we're gonna, there's some people right here. Are you from around this area or no? Uh, we live in Metuchen. Um, have you ever heard anything about these woods maybe being haunted or any peculiar things happening here? Other than the ghosts we saw on the way in. Oh, okay. <laughs> no, I've never heard anything. Okay. Here comes somebody, guys. Here comes somebody. Hi. Uh, you guys hike these woods often? No, it's no, first time. Here. First time, yeah. really. Uh, you mind if I ask you guys some questions? We're making a documentary about the history of these woods, and okay. we're just trying to ask some people we see. Do you mind if we film? Um, yeah, I'm not really into that. Sorry. All right. Okay. Well, how about this? All right. Enjoy your hike. Hey guys, you guys are okay if I use the camera, right? Yeah, sure. Okay, cool. Did you guys grow up around here? I did. Okay, so you know where the term no man's land comes from, right? I know that there's the sign, there's, since I was a kid, there's a sign for you're leaving Piscataway, mm -hmm. you're entering Hound Park, and it's like, what the hell's in the middle? Like, I remember hearing some it's so funny, different we were, stories. Like, talking about this in our way. And from when I was in high school, I heard a few stories, something about a, a teenage girl that was Murdered. She was out alone and was murdered. Hmm. That's new to me. Friend. I don't know, like a teenage kid strangled his brother or something. Yeah, it, um, it was a little bit younger, but yeah. I heard, yeah, I heard something about that too. But I don't know like the, a little the time. For, I just know that I, I went to Rutgers. I, yeah. I'm not from around here at all, and I lived in Somerset for a while. You get everybody's. And there are a lot, a lot of people from. They kind of grew up in this general area, like New Brunswick and Holland Park. They would tell like these weird stories, like that. You know, like sort of like the one that you were talking yeah. about different versions of it. I it remember kind of, a lot, a little yeah. a younger kid. A yeah. little boy named Caleb strangling his little brother. Yeah, like the well, standard, someone told him to do it, you know. Yeah, imaginary friend. Yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> somebody. That, does that ring a bell at all? Yeah. Yes. Just a side note, we will be exploring the 1949 murder of eight-year-old Seth Carter by his older brother Caleb in greater detail during episode five. There's also something in uh, that old town place in Johnson. What's the name of that place? Old Town. Is it called? I think so. Of course it's called. <laughs> Where there's like a mass, a mass uh, murder, and it, yeah. was it, is that, is that true? You know, everyone talks about these stories and nobody actually knows anything for real. Yeah, that, so. that's our job. We're trying to un undercover what's myth, what's reality. Yeah, yeah. And this is actually my first day on the job. Right. Cool. Other, uh, well, we've definitely got the myth. <laughs> yeah. Sure. 
Yeah, this is Did easy. Any hills? There, there was like a fork. I took the path and it looped around. Okay. Um, I was gonna go the other way, but this looked enticing. Like, right, well, there we go. Here we go. This is a hill. This is a hill. Head up there and see. I just got. I'm got somebody half. Doesn't look like there's anything down this path. But yeah, it's all over. How's it look? Like a little like a dead end. Yeah. Oh fuck. I mean, this is kind of like she described because you would have a good view if you had a world. Let's let's imagine there was like two or three lookouts up here, making sure nobody's coming. And she described where, where the place it would be down. It would either be down on that side or down on this side. What's that? Okay, so let's go down here. So stay up here. Stay up here and see because I know so I just heard somebody coming. Miles, come with me. Yeah, I'm coming. Beware of poison ivy. Yeah, there's a there's a clearing over here. I don't know how to get to it though. Here we go. Hey, Max. One of you interview and one of you come down here. There's some old pieces of wood. There's some beer cans. There's some weird bones. Dude, check this out. There's like deer bones or something. Look, this craziness. What is that? Like that's a deer skull. This is wood that could be for from a couch. Look for look for a yellow like a a yellow porcelain or clay bowl that supposedly came from Mexico. Okay. Look 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 around the couch area. Look look around this these busted wood. Okay. Right over here. Right over here. See if you find anything under here. Because this looks like this looks like it could be. Look look. There's more wood under here. See if you find anything that looks like a like a, a bowl. Wait, what the what's hell that? is what's this? that? There we go. There we go. Here's here it is. What is this? We got more too. We got the pieces. It's broken, but I think we found yeah. it. What? Nice. What Good it? job, dude. Find any other pieces? Because how how far yeah. down there was it? It, it was, was underneath all the stuff when we, flipped, when we flipped up the, the the piece of wood. There it was. Yeah. Get any pieces because we can put it together and give it back to Neva. Awesome, dude. So Old as hell. I think this is the place. It has to be. I'm gonna go look for Mark and see if I can get him to come back here unless he's still doing the interview. Hi. Are you all right with dogs? Oh yeah, I love dogs. She's, she's like super friendly. So. Oh, what's her name? This is Trixie. Trixie, hi Trixie. We're doing a documentary on the, um, the history of the woods and some events that have happened here. Uh, do you mind if I ask you a few questions? Okay. What's your name? Uh, my name is Alex Seville. Hi Alex, I'm Mark. Hi Mark. So um, how long have you been coming around these woods? Oh, I don't know. I went to I went to Rutgers, so that was in the '80s. <laughs> Have you ever heard the term "no man's land" in relation oh, to yeah. these woods? Sure. People still call on to that. Oh, well, not so much anymore, but um, that's kind of what we're uh, trying to investigate. Um, so, have you heard any stories? What? Well, people like to come out here and party. I mean, those kind of stories, like kids hanging out in the woods. That was part of it, but um. Other stories we've heard are a little more supernatural. Have you ever heard anything like that? Can you turn the camera off? Yeah. Thank you. I think Miles found the bowl. 
Miles, Miles, I think, found the ball. That interview was amazing. What happened? The guy, he was totally open to talking about it. He was like, oh, you go to Rutgers. I'm a Rutgers professor. Uh, I walk my dog here all the time. I've been coming here since the 80s. As soon as I brought up No Man's Land, he clammed up. He was like, oh, can you turn the camera off? I'm not comfortable. Get out of here. And then he just failed? Yeah, I think he's heard about the murders. I think he heard about the flopheads because he lives in Highland Park. Right, right, right. And then when he was leaving, he was like, there are some stories you just shouldn't look into. Get out of here. Dude, just go down there and check out. You gotta power your way through, but Matt Miles found the ball. I'm sure we're in the right place. Tell him. There's some stories you just shouldn't look into. Oh my god. Did he actually say that? Yeah. Jeez. Oh, did you hear what that guy said? Yeah, he told me. That's crazy. We I hope you got his name. I did. Okay, good. What's his, what was his name? I don't remember, <laughs> but I got so it. So here's what we're gonna do. We're gonna, we're gonna, if he's a Rutgers professor, he should be easy to track down. We'll try to set up a interview. Uh, interview. Yeah, These like, bones look cool. bleached. Yeah, they look kind of fake. I don't know if they're real or not. No, they're real. They've just been here a long, long time. Dude, you this... better wash your hands when you get home. Oh, I'm gonna boil them. Yeah. I wouldn't want to be touching bones for- What is this? There's some more oh my god! Oh, it was hunted! That's crazy! This well, is an arrow! Get the fuck out of here. No, that's an actual arrow. Is hunt hunting's illegal here, I'm assuming. It is. Yeah. Dude. Dude, we gotta keep we take that. We gotta take that. More bone. This is I So that means like somebody might have hunted and ate it. I mean, there could be there could be squatters out here. We should come out here during the night. We, no, we no. should not. Yes, no, we, we should not. not. We Menu. Call Alex Seville. Calling Alex Seville on mobile phone. I'll just let you guys do the talking. Hello. Hi, uh, this is Professor Seville. Yes, it is. Who's this? Uh, this is Mark. I interviewed you out in No Man's Land the other day. Oh, right. Right. I spoke to John Hume. Right. right. He said you would. Okay. So, um, I just have, um, a few questions for you, if you wouldn't mind, about our encounter. Am I being recorded? Yeah, you're being recorded now, man. Yeah, that's all right. I just want to, uh, so the other day, when I ran into you guys, um, you know, the reason I, if you were, you know, professionally, professionally, I'm just going to tell you that's all, like, you know, just BS, right? Right. But what's uncomfortable for me on some level is I, there's definitely things that I run into that feel I have a hard time explaining. In the history that you've studied about No Man's Land so far? Yeah, yeah. What, um, yeah. Is there any event that... I don't know that I want to... <laughs> this, is, this is what I'm talking about. It's not necessarily the kind of thing that I think amateurs ought to be out there um, poking around in. on the next episode of No Man's Land. It comes down to this, like, this feeling, right? Do you believe that evil exists? And I don't mean, like, can people do bad things, but is there, like, this force? I wanted to think it was just a child that was 
going through mental illness and just did something violent against his brother. But I believe there was more to it. I believe that um, he was scared. He was scared of who he was. He was scared of what was in him that led him to do that at such a young age. Uh, and that's probably why he cut his tongue out, because he was concerned that this would come out again. And if something like that came out again and he used that name, that he might go ahead and kill somebody again. No Man's Land is recorded at Highland Park High School by Will Schwartz and produced by Will Schwartz, Mark Ramreka, and John Hume. Sound design and mix by Carmen Borgia. Original score by Kevin Wiggins. Our theme song is Inventions by Maserati. This episode features music by San Tropez. Special thanks to Professor Alex Seville and Professor Hadley Yerr.